0: Today our text is from J- James chapter 3 verse 13 to 18 and I'm just calling today's, uh, titling today's message as Show Wisdom. Um, I'm sure you notice that uh, for the past few weeks in our reflection from James, uh, James is always emphatic about showing, demonstrating who you are through your actions, through your words and today we come to a uh, uh, the challenge of James, in which he calls us to show wisdom in our actions and in other aspects as well. So wisdom should be shown. Show your faith through works, as he said in chapter 2. Show your faith through your words, as he said in chap- chapter 3, verse 1 to 12, last Sunday. And today, show your wisdom. And here, James is um, calling wisdom as um, a, a, a factor of character of your life. And it's it's a wisdom is demonstrated in a life that oh, is an overflow of a of a life that is made a life in Christ. Uh, to put it uh, in uh, in a some uh, quick sentence, um, we we are aware that um, the the book of James was written to uh, followers of Christ, and uh, these are people who value wisdom, as you probably noticed from the reading from Proverbs. And if you have read through the other chapters of Proverbs as well, wisdom is highly valued. Um, wisdom, uh, believers are, the readers are called to seek for wisdom like they seek for gold and silver, for, like they seek for treasure. Wisdom is highly valued. Spiritual authority is highly valued. And uh, the, the Jews have a long tradition of wisdom literature. They have a long tradition of training and teaching. Of the young teachers of the law, who are obviously held in high regard, and who have books such as Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and of course the Jewish literature like the wisdom, uh, a couple of wisdom literatures as well. So these are people who highly value wisdom, and we need to keep that in mind as we read read this text. So I'm um, I'm just gonna read verse by verse and then go um, go one at a time. Okay. So verse thirteen, the opening verse says. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. The question is, who is wise among you? Let him show his wisdom. And I think that's key. This, words, this sentence of James could have been leveled as a critique to a number of people, actually. And in the context of the book of James, um, uh, just as a bit of a background, it's worth exploring some of the things that was going on in order to understand what James was getting at here. Uh, this critique of, quote-unquote, wisdom and understanding could have been towards any of the number of proponents of people who claim to have wisdom, who claim to have authority. Uh, for one, they were this sectarian, early Christian and early Jewish jewish sects um, who were teaching so-called secret knowledges right and today we know them as the prototypes of gnostic teachings uh, who supposedly had secret and divine wisdom that god revealed to them in in secret right and these groups of uh, leaders were eloquent they were speaking of uh, mysterious esoteric things that really sparks the imagination i suppose speaking of angels and spirits and lights you know and uh hellenistic mysteries and all these exotic exotic things i could uh so to say uh they're speaking of apocalyptic things um revealed knowledge and they were uh quote-unquote experts they were esoteric teachers these were those were one of the group of people who were claiming to have wisdom claiming to have authority and were confusing the people who believed in christ on the other hand, there were these false teachers, so to say, who had cultic following. Um, and if you know anything about uh, cult groups or these kinds of uh, leadership, uh, there's usually spiritual bullying that happens. Um, I'm not sure if you've watched or read any uh, documentaries or accounts of these kinds of cultic groups. One, one of the characteristics is that there's always some kind of spiritual bullying uh, in which uh, the the people who are the congregants are are they feel like they can't get out? They want to get out, and and they feel like they know that something is wrong, but they're they are kept there. There's spiritual oppression, uh, of course, at the expense of the people. the The leaders have their own personal ambition. They were holding on to these people for their own gain. Uh, they were putting them in fear. And so there they, they were these false teachers as well, along with the, the sectarian, the agnostic teachers. And on the other hand, uh, um, there's probably more more groups, but I'm just going to talk about three groups here. The third group are the zealots, the more politically driven folks who threatened to break the community by bringing in elements of uh, politics, They're creating r- strife and division in the community. And of course, there was the... Uh, group called the Circumcision Group in Jerusalem that uh, caused a lot of problem. that is explored in Galatians. Uh, they insisted that since Jesus was a Jew, and you believe in Jesus now, you must become a Jew. You must put on the Jewish culture. You must adapt and adopt to the norms and methods of worshipping according to the Jews, rules and regulations of the Old Testament, should be strictly followed by Christians, and so there were these zealots. There were people who were zealous for uh, a certain thing, and so there were these groups of people, groups of uh, schools, so to say, that were proponents of wisdom. If you try, if you understand what I'm trying to say here, these were there. They, they were, uh, they were claiming to be wise, claiming to have understanding, claiming to have authority, and it is. Uh, of course, the other zealots who were insisting on uh, the nationalism, <laughs> they're riling up people, creating divisions uh, in in the in the church, uh, uh, in the form of political partisanship, so on and so forth. Right. All these people were propo- proponents of wisdom and authority. James says, whatever the claims are, their true wisdom must be shown and must be demonstrated in their character and in their good conduct. As he says in verse 13, their wisdom must be shown, it must be demonstrated. And and James goes on to talk about false wisdom and true wisdom that comes from above. So let's explore what he says about false wisdom. False wisdom, um, he, he uh, mentions a few characteristics of false wisdom and that's found in verse 14 to 16. So I'm, I'm going to keep uh, going on to read verse 14. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. A lot of words, a lot of uh, characteristics that are given here. And I think it's worth um, exploring some of uh, these uh few characteristics that are mentioned here. Uh, James says that if we if the leaders or if people are characterized by jealousy and by selfish ambition, they cannot be they, they don't have true wisdom, they don't have true understanding. And in that case their claims of authority and wisdom are only lies and boasting. And as we know by def, by definition boasting is, um, is against truth it's not truth it's not wisdom right so the, the first word we see in verse 14 is if you have bitter jealousy and uh, it, it seemed it would seem that uh, the readers of James uh, in the Christian community they, 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 there seems to be uh, a lot of accusations a lot of falsehood hurled at each other among the Christians and this so-called wisdom that they had instead of leading to good conduct and good behavior. It was puffing up the people, the Christians. And this goes against the very definition of wisdom, according to James. Uh, envy became the feature for many, for many who are in the church. In fact, uh, apparently the word "eritheia" that is used here for bitter jealousy uh, is a philosophical term that Aristotle used uh, to, to define the self-seeking pursuit of political office by unfair means so that's a a bit of a technical term but in all, all that to say that it's about envy selfish ambition right to get ahead to climb the ladder so to say by unfair means climbing the ladder there's nothing wrong with that obviously but it's by unfair means and so that's the word that's been used here bitter jealousy if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition selfish ambition of course we know that there's a problem uh, and I was reminded of the time when the disciples of Jesus were arguing among the, among themselves behind behind the back of, in the back of Jesus, who is the greatest greatest who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Uh, that is selfish ambition and Jesus, of course, was uh, totally amazed that they were even having that conversation. He said that 's not the conversation you should be having you should that's how the world thinks you should be different uh, but i 'll come to that later. So the problem seems to be that these self-styled leaders and self-styled uh, schools of uh, people who claim to have wisdom and authority, they think that they are endowed with superior wisdom and understanding and they were dividing the church according by their, by their teaching, uh, by misusing the tongue uh, and they were causing a, a breaking in the church. And this seems to be not so uncommon in the early church, because in Romans 16, 17 to 18, Paul also uh, says a similar thing to the Christians in Romans. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have received. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. So it seems like this is uh, not all too uncommon in, in the early church. Bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. He goes on to say, this is not the wisdom that comes from God, that comes from above. But this is earthly, this is unspiritual and this is demonic. I thought this is very interesting, the, the three characters, earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. I think a lot could be said about these three words, but uh, I think at the very least what it means is that by earthly, it means that it originates from this earth, not from God, so to say. It it is, it, it emerges from a limited and a finite perspective of earthly origin. It's sensual or um unspiritual the other word translation also is sensual uh, meaning it's a response to our selfish human desires to our senses right Uh, it's demonic in the sense that it's evil and it's deceitful right it's deceiving towards others and its aim is to bring others down of course the, the word demonic has a certain kind of uh, uh, connection to chapter 2 in which james says even demons believe that god is one and they shudder which i think is uh the, the meaning here is that to 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 have uh, to have a wisdom that is demonic means that you know we know but we don't put into practice we know the stuff in our head but we don't uh, practice what we hear and so james is saying that wisdom that uh that is characterized by bitter jealousy and selfish ambition is earthly is sensual and is demonic that's that's pretty pretty harsh but i think i'm glad it's there because it 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 helps me to an, uh, analyze myself It's a mirror against which i can check so with with that said let's uh, let me just read chapter 3 verse 13 to 14 again and i i want i i would invite you to put all that disparate things that i've said and uh, try to uh, Tag them together in this uh, few sentences. Verse 14. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. I think... Uh, again again, more could be said but i think it's uh, fairly clear that that is the false wisdom so then what is true wisdom that comes from above verse 17 the wisdom that comes from above is first pure then peaceable gentle open to reason full of mercy and good fruits impartial and sincere and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace Firstly, it's wisdom that comes from above. It comes from God. This wisdom that we ought to be seeking, which Benjamin read, read for us to, to seek wisdom uh, as we are seeking for gold and silver. This wisdom comes from God. It originates from God. And as we're reminded, of course, in James chapter 1, verse 5, if any one of you lacks wisdom, he must ask God. And he must ask God in faith, because God will give generously, right? So this wisdom is from god it's not earthly it's not sensual it's not demonic it comes from god and god gives generously Uh, again um, just a a reminder to that and this wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure pure meaning it doesn't have a hidden agenda there's nothing there's no twisted desire behind that wisdom it is purely uh dedicated to obey god and to show love for others, so it's pure. It's not, uh, yeah, it, it's not hidden. It's not there's there's no agenda behind it. It's pure. Secondly, uh, uh, James says it's peace loving. It desires for resolution uh, of for restoration of relationship, for the building up of others of one another. Right. It desires wholesome and uh, complete blessing of others. Of course, the word peace is shalom. The, the wholesome the uh, the wholeness that's what uh, wisdom truly desires in ourselves and in others as well then he goes on to say true wisdom is gentle or considerate it it uh, it uh, embodies moderation and level-headedness i think gentleness is often misunderstood because some people tend to be more quote-unquote gentle than uh, than others and it's uh, often it's misunderstood as a matter of temperament. I don't think it's about temperament. I think it's about being willing to reason, willing to react and respond correctly to what's happening around us. Um, it's a, it's a question of moderation, right? And he goes on to say that true true wisdom is open to re- reason. Uh, others put it as submissive. Uh, uh, true wisdom submits to one another to serve one another right but not just that to be willing to learn from one another to be willing to be corrected by one another and one thing that came to mind as i was thinking about submission uh, last week was that one of the ways in which we can be submitted submissive to one another is also by being submissive to be loved by others Uh, i think in our in our world we close ourselves up we don't submit to somebody else uh, we are willing to help others we are willing to give to others but we're not willing to be loved to be to receive that same grace and love and i think being submissive one aspect of being submissive is to be willing to be loved by others to be willing to be embraced by others um, it is also open to reason uh, it listens it considers others viewpoints it, it is open to the perspective of others and I think I'll just uh, limit this uh, by saying open to reason means the, the true wisdom listens, is, is uh, open, it, uh, open to what they can learn from others. Uh, true wisdom is full of mercy and good fruit. Uh, again, such a beautiful description, right? Uh, how wonderful it would be for someone to say that you are full of mercy and you are full of good fruits, like a good tree that uh, is always self-giving evidence of health and self-giving isn't it to, to be full of good food and again that's a description of uh, wisdom all of that to say true wisdom does not play act it's not putting a show it's genuine it's single-minded there's no falsehood in true wisdom and i think uh, what all of this crystallizes down to is that wisdom is to live to speak to act and to view others from the single-minded intention of obeying God. Uh, To serve and submit to one another for the sake of our wholeness, for the sake of their wholeness, and to be made perfect in the life of faith. I know that's a terribly long sentence, but I couldn't put it any more simpler than that. And I think that is the goal of a life of wisdom. And again, uh, in such... Uh, short sentences. James paints uh, such a beautiful image in verse eighteen. Of course, the image of harvest. Um, as we sow in uh, peace, as we sow righteousness, we also reap righteousness. And of course, the flip side is also true. Right? Uh, when we sow bitter ambition, when we when we sow jealousy, when we sow double mindedness, we cannot expect to reap righteousness. We cannot expect to reap. Uh, peace right and so james reminds us that whatever we are sowing in our life and in the lives of each other we are also going to reap Um, when we sow peace consideration gentleness sincerity in promoting peace and wholeness in one another james says we will reap righteousness as well so to conclude we are reminded in james chapter 1 verse 5 if anyone lacks wisdom you should pray to God. You should ask God because God will give generously. And when we think of that, that uh, verse in this context, what is wisdom? We are we are told here that wisdom is what God gifts to us. It's a God, it's God's gift to us. Uh, it's something that we need to ask and pray for in in our lives. Wisdom is something that we aspire for in our lives because it is the enabling and the exercise of a life of faith. Wisdom is the true reflection and the manifestation of who we are in Christ. Wisdom is the overflow of life through our life, the life of Christ through our life. And wisdom, essentially, wisdom from above is lift. It is not just talked about, it is not, not just um, idealized in our mind, it is lift, it is manifested in a life that is truly made alive and enabled by God. So let me continue reading where, not quite where Benjamin left off, but uh, towards the end in verse 20. I think uh, Benjamin read for us till verse 9. I'm going to read from verse 20 and let this be our response. And um, how do I put it? Let it be words to us uh, that scripture is telling us uh and challenging us to seek wisdom with all that we have. So, uh, Proverbs four, verse twenty to twenty-seven. My son, be attentive to my words; incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight; let them uh, keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Amen. I'd like to give the time back to Betty and we'll continue to sing.